yes, you know it's going to be a good day when you're so heavily organized. I mean, like, we were on time. I got notes. Our pet's heads are falling off. <laughs> yes, that's it, guys. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, UK Cowboys time. Yeah, it is uh, season four, episode 35, pregame show for this weekend's game, which is, of course, the Governor's, uh, the governor's Cup. Uh, trophy, whichever way you want to put it, where they play the Houston Texans. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's gonna be quite an interesting show. Um, we've got to get through it regardless, guys. So, okay. Um, but I always start by asking this question, and I, I dread to ask it for this week, but how do you guys feel about this weekend's game and everyone at home as well, the MVPs of the show? Let us know what. You think just initially of this weekend's game? Hit me with it. Cowboys by forty. <laughs> you, you certainly should hope that. Um, obviously, I think the Texans will be using this much, much like uh, Washington and Philadelphia have Dallas week. I think it's going to be Dallas week in Houston. You know, they like it's it's probably the equivalent of Edinburgh, Glasgow, or you know something along those lines that you know you got the inter interstate rivalry um and you've got the governor's cup obviously mm-hmm. yeah Paul yeah I mean I mean it's the Texans right now they're what one one ten and one or something like yeah. that so yeah exactly that yeah so I don't expect anything too great from them to be honest especially how how, how everything's gelling up together for them right now so yeah, uh, I mean, they—they—they they, they literally they are aiming for the first overall pick, right? Love Benny's comment there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is an interest. Well, I, I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, off air that I was trying to write this week's article about the the opposing offenses uh, and just the disparity in talent between the two. I had to rewrite it twice, using the same sentences too many times. <laughs> See, so this was the thing where I, I kind of stopped doing the writing side for blogging the boys because I was just struggling with, with the creativity and with the writing side of things. Like, I'm better talking about it than I'm writing about it. So, I know. And you've left me in there on my own as the only British guy now. <laughs> I could be fine. Mm, I still miss you over there. Yeah, well, I'm five, I'm about 6,000 miles away from you all now. <laughs> As opposed to 600, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but obviously, yes, we're going to talk about this weekend's game. Now, the injury or practice report is just literally dropping. Um, so I will try and get that up at some point, injury report, before any of you comment. I know what you guys are like. Um, so we will wait for that to drop uh, fairly shortly, and we can talk about that. But yesterday's injury report certainly for Houston I don't know if you guys seen it it was lengthy I don't think it was as bad as the what was the one that was a couple of weeks ago um, it was like nearly every player was like off <laughs> yeah yeah that was a bad one um, but yeah I mean like they've got just major parts just missing and like you know, because everyone talked about Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, 
literally he's not going to play. I by the looks of it, you know what I mean. Oh, and he's, on the count- the, he's he's annoyed the fact that he didn't get traded. So I don't I don't blame him to be honest. Because like there was the whole talk of we would actually get Cooks at one point. Mm. I mean that could be still being yeah. the cards in this off season. That could be. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit like um, who is it? Cam Akers in in Los Angeles as well. Yeah. He'd, take, he'd taken time out from the team. He obviously wanted the way as well, and you know never got his release, so he was a bit cheesed off and holding out of practices. Um, and you know, as as soon as the trade deadline passed, Cooks didn't practice for about three or four days, and then he's mm. he's been fairly spotty since. So. Um, it's it certainly looks uh, looks as if he's trying to engineer his way out, but I mean, cap, cash a salary cap wise, they can really do it, and it you know, know. it's his it, it's his problem because he signed the big contract. So yeah, it's like what what do you do in that spot for them? I mean, it, it's literally as a rock and a hard place. Yeah, yeah. Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you bring up Austin's comment about the show? Lawrence on. The old comms today. Yeah, so yeah, just to let you know. So I think we would. I think we did try to do that before, but because of we're in multiple locations, RTD set or whatever that could be, five seconds delayed from one side. It can be done. It can be done. Can be done, but it's a lot more complicated. See if we're all in the same room, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. So yeah. So just to kind of highlight that there, my friend. If we get a mm, okay, if we get to the NFC Championship game, we'll do that live. And I know because I know how to do it. It well, just takes know, a little bit of organizing. Actually, stream the actual game, obviously. <clears throat> no, yeah, no, we can't do that. I I will be in a pub that night, hopefully with a distinguished. Uh, Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's right. <laughs> well, I I'll, mean, I'll, if I'll, all, pop, I'll pop in occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so I mean, the injury report aside, the other news is the old Odell Beckham news, which is, is popping out at the moment. So he's come to Dallas. We've seen all the videos and him at the basketball game and players talking about all the rest of it with him leaves Dallas. And I said this a few weeks ago that it's going to be medicals are the sticking point with him that he leaves not being offered a contract. And it has come out that they're saying, look, we didn't get to see him run any routes. We didn't get to see him do any um, athletic moves. So we don't know where we are with him. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not. I, I'm not either. And I mean, you know, we said um, in the run-up to this, if he's ready to play, mm. um, you know, he he could be a good. Pl- he he is a good player, yeah. but you know, is the knee ready? And you know, you're not. It's it's been mentioned that you know, most players when they've come back from injury and it's the off season and they're training you'll get the the videos of them doing cuts, doing routes and everything like that. You haven't seen any of that. Or if you have seen anything with him, it's been him working out in the gym. It's, you know, front on running. It's, 
there's no cutting or anything like that, which suggests there's a problem with the knee still that it's not 100%. And I think, you know, Jay Glazer obviously broke about a month ago that, you know, he'd been cleared to play. But, you know, I think that was a bit of smoke and mirrors trying to generate the interest. Um, because... Then, Lorne, being cleared to play, but being, you know, um, a game mm. fit, if you like, are totally different things. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. But, I mean, I think if he was cleared to play, then, you know, the Cowboys would actually sign him and probably do a ramp-up period because they don't need him. For, you know, what, what they're saying is it's still another five weeks. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, they wouldn't sign off on it for another five weeks. Yeah. So... You know, at that point, you're talking first first week of the playoffs. And do you really want to go into a playoff game where you've only literally started this ramp-up period? Um, and, you know, you're expecting him to play on one week and immediately have an effect that he has chemistry with Dak Prescott. I don't, I just don't see that happening, so... You know, and by all means, I mean, obviously, Odell wants to be here. He, you know, he has the connections here. Maybe maybe a deal can be done for 2023, but I think it's off it's off the cards for just now, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like he's, if he does come in, he's, that it'll be, give him a contract for now to put him in the building so he's here yep. this year, but you're not going to see him until next year. And is yeah. that really what the Cowboys want to do when you can just wait and see. Because, I mean, like, like think about this, right? This is what I'm thinking about, is I go back to the Michael Gallup sort of thing. You know, like, he was cleared to play, he's ready to come in. Look how many weeks that dragged on before he finally came in and played. It went on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and I think game. I think as well, it's, it's interesting that you know, Odell started meeting people last Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, and we started the 21-day window on James Washington on the Wednesday. Yeah. So maybe there's yeah. been a bit of feedback between teams then. And, okay, you can take it with a pinch of salt if the Giants say, oh, yeah, he's not ready. Or, you know, the Bills say he's not ready. You know, maybe they're just trying to get an in by saying, oh, well, the Cowboys aren't going to be interested in in you, here's a deal or whatever, yeah, um, yeah. and it, it, eliminating competition, bargaining competition. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that you know James Washington's window has been started. I think obviously the plan will be to activate him as soon as possible. Um, you know, assuming he he doesn't suffer a setback. By all accounts, he's been ready for about four or five weeks, and it's all this. You know, will they? Won't they sign? Odell that's limited him to to when they start the 21-day window, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, James back um, will be good, too. Um, he's going to be coming back at the right time. And put, like, there's something that he has over um, Odell is that he's at least taken, you know, he's taken passes off Dak, and Dak's seen him run and knows how to you know, judge 
his acceleration, his pace and his speed um, and what his strengths are on the route running. So there's already that, some of that there already, which is good. Um, But yeah, I mean, apart from that, guys, anything you want to hit before we get into the offense? I'm all good, man. All good. Obviously, I think the main the main thing from this weekend is, unfortunately, you know he's he's been criticised this year, but we've we've lost Antram. We've now mm-hmm. trying to piece together how we're gonna how we're gonna have somebody against uh, the number two guy. Um, you know, obviously, Kelvin Joseph should be the the one that comes in, but you know he he's been fairly spotty so far, and then obviously he's been on. He's still suffering from this flu bug that's going around. He's got a second bout of it. Yeah. Um, so he was out of practice yesterday. We've brought in Mackenzie Bernadis, who obviously has was a second round pick. He's but he's been a journeyman already. He's been this is yeah. something like his third team that he's well, he's had two 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 stints with Minotaur. Uh, one with the Dolphins, and you know he's now with the Cowboys. It's matching up with George Edwards again. Um, uh-huh. You know, so you've got a bit of familiar familiarity there. You've obviously you've got Kendall Sheffield on the practice squad, who's a Dan Quinn guy as well. So um, perhaps these are you know these are options. One of these will come up for the game, I think, on Sunday. Yeah, I I think. That the McKenzie thing is all covering themselves for, for if Joseph really, really does poop the bed, uh, yep, on that side. But I mean, we'll get to that now on the defense. So let's hit the Cowboys' offense. All right, yeah. So let's start with this: two hundred and twenty rush yards last week. Here's a crazy one for you, crazy start. Um, of the three running backs, um, you know, you, we can add rushing yards from... You know, we'll leave that for now. But the three running backs last week, Zeke had the lowest average yards per carry, and he still had 4.5 yards per carry. <laughs> what do you make at the moment? Lawn of two things, uh, dynamic duo uh, of Zeke and Pollard, but also uh, Callum Moore with his play calling, and also there seems to be a shift going on in um, his willingness to play more of the running now that he understands the value of it. Um, what do you make of those two things? I, th- I, th- I think it's just. <laughs> You know, we we are incredibly lucky with the the pairings that we've got this year, the chemistry that's going on with this team. That mm. you know, you know, Zeke's not being oh, I need to get my touches. You know, he knows that. You know, there's a good camaraderie in the running back room. We obviously yeah. know what there is with the tight end room, and you know, everybody is playing unselfish. Uh, ball this year and you know because of it everybody is developing and everybody's creating their own wee niche and it's it's generating a buzz obviously in in the fan base um and we're seeing the results and it's it's paying off so 
Yeah, I mean, it is good to see, um, without a doubt. Uh, and I tell you what is even better to see, uh, and I know we'll, we'll get to the O-line in a moment, but what is good to see is Tony Pollard taking, um, you know, these power and these gap power um, handoffs to run through the middle. Like we're seeing him doing that now, rather than these off-tackle runs, which is you know he's quite been prominent and effective at. He's started now becoming not just taking them, but being effective doing it. Like you know, so there's a lot of the argument that people have is that oh, you've got to play Zeke because Zeke is much better at the power game than Pollard is. Now we're starting to see Pollard drifting this way a little bit more. Um, yeah. Although he's, he's by far, he's nowhere near what Zeke can do. And, you know, we've seen it on the touchdown run, but they're inside the red zone and the entire crowd is shouting it. You know, they call him for Zeke. <laughs> Zeke gets the handoff and he just powers in. Um, Zeke's mum found that moment quite good too. She was all over Twitter talking about it. But, yeah. um, it, it you know, that is what you get. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I do, and I, I mean, I think what what you're saying now is that there's, you go back to what you call tendency breakers. Obviously, as soon as Pollard comes on the field, you you would normally go and protect your outside running game. Mm. Um, and, you know, Pollard's now coming up the inside, and then you, you bring Zeke on, and you'd think, right, okay, defend the middle, and Zeke's bouncing it out to the outside, and you're saying, mm. okay, Zeke's Still not back to 2016 Zeke, but he's okay. still got he's still got the the arsenal. Um, you know, the only thing we haven't seen Zeke do this year is uh, is hurdle anybody, that, <laughs> you know, much much the way that Ferguson did. But um, yeah. you know, we're we're certainly seeing seeing things like that. So um, it's it, I, I, again, it's just showing that we're 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 really getting. The best out of this squad and Kellen, you know, for for as much as Kellen Moore is um, criticised, he's actually doing things and and getting he's he's staying within his bag. He's he's not going too exotic all the time, mm. and it's like these trick plays and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. it's it's just. It's building momentum as as the game goes on, and okay, it was it was a bit scary at one point where you know three minutes to go in the third quarter we were only up by two points, but you know as long as you chip away at that and you're not you're not constantly in three and out situation, you know this is uh, the offense is struck building and building to to pull away in the second half, so. Yeah, and just so you know, uh, Paul's messaged me. He's having issues with his Wi-Fi at the hotel. <laughs> um, so we 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 will stick with it and see what happens there. Um, I'm just let, letting him know. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's the joy of being on public Wi-Fi. Um, but here's another one for you as well. In the last couple recent weeks we're seeing it most certainly with uh cd lamb is he an elite wide receiver or is he just on the cusp right now with what he's done uh i think he's on the cusp but i think he's he's getting there and i mean obviously he, in the last 
three or four weeks. You know, so and again, it was the at the same time that all the OBJ talk really mm-hmm. started heating up. Both Gallup and CD Lamb have sort of turned turned it up a notch. Yeah, it's um, true. but I mean that that. That that game there against the Colts, I mean, that was C.D. Lamb back to how he was at Oklahoma. Definitely. You know, being a menace everywhere on the field. And, you know, that that first touchdown he scored where it looked like he'd been tackled, (laughs) but he knew that he knew he hadn't touched down at all. Mm -hmm. So he carried on running and, you know, everybody else had stopped. And, you know, sure enough, the refs rolled him that he hadn't touched the ground. So... Um, yeah. You know that just that just goes that he's got pre- presence of mind. So yeah, I mean, like, let me say with the whole uh, Oklahoma thing, it wasn't even that play that, that you know that was a smart heads up play. The one for me was he where he catched the ball on the left hand of the field on a, a crossing route. He catches the ball, and you see him do it. That uh, he he drags his feet sinks the hips to the left and you just watch him sort of so he sort of diagonally comes backwards like almost in an instant like as if he he teleported yeah. and yeah okay he's gone backwards but what he's done is he's thinking about how he's trying to manipulate the defenders and their angles and um, as soon as he does it he's literally he's obliterated every angle those defenders had on him and he that, and that's why you see and then all of a sudden he's sort of running around and he's getting that first down. Whereas if he had tried to power and go the way that he did, which is what you probably would have seen from CeeDee Lamb, say, last year, then he would have probably still made the first down, but it wouldn't have been as far as he did get by doing it. And it's just that, because that's what he was really, really good in college at, was just this... um, Carrying defenders, making them lose angles on him, get the ball in his hand, and um, you know, being that yak guy that you just want to get the ball in his hand, and let him go, because he'll just yeah. take guys with him. You make them, you know, lose them, and that was the Oklahoma CD Lamb that we saw, and it's probably the first time we've seen him doing it. Um, you know, you've seen spurts of what he did in Oklahoma, you know, obviously. But that was like really, really starting to come from. But the big one for me that I think has changed and why he's starting to play better seems to be his mentality. Like as if he's had, he's now he's got it on his shoulders where he's just like, I am a wide receiver one. I'm a wide, I'm a wide, I'm not going to let you bully me. I'm going to be more physical yeah. than you. I'm going to boss you. I'm going to beat you. That's what I think has changed. I don't know what you think on that one. No, I, I agree. And I mean, you know, it is developing the attitude that, you know, all, all of these guys are quiet guys off the field. They're not mm-hmm. they're not the Michael Irvins who, you know, demand the headlines and, uh, you know, are constantly getting screen time and shouting and what have you. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys are quite happy. You know, they've almost got the the sort of take your take your lunch to work in a brown paper bag and sort of sit there, you know, <laughs> it's that sort of mentality, and you know they're only just realizing that they've got to actually step up and they don't necessarily have to be the loud wide receiver, but they need to they need to be loud on the pitch in terms yeah. of what they're playing playing is and their play style is, 
and they're slowly developing into it. And, you know, in, in some respects, having, you know, we talked about what happens to this offence when you lose a Mari. Um, I think that's one of the things, obviously, these guys have taken a while to step up, but they realise that they don't have a Mari anymore. Mm. And it, it is up to them. And, you know, from that point of view, maybe Amari was a bit of a progress stopper. That you know, you, you didn't have these guys coming on. That the, they always knew that Amari was going to get the double teams most of the time. Um, and we're, is that me or you? That's me. That's me. Sorry, sorry. Right. No, no, no. It's Paul um, messaging me. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that mentality is is now coming up. So. They're 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 ready to assume the mantle of of the the number one receivers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a, a big part of I think CD Lamb's success as well is obviously the running success because that opens things up for him to do. Um, but I, like it, it's hand in hand as well because I think CD Lamb knows how important the running game is to him. Which is why, as well, now you're starting to see him uh, really sacrifice himself in the run game. Like you'll see him uh, get physical, get up in, you know, and, and start trying to maul guys because you know he he is looking definitely more bulkier this year. Um, yeah. You know, like build wise, uh, and I think he knows that the run game helps. The passing game. So he's getting himself more involved in that. You see in the success of the run game, and we'll talk about the offensive line right in a second. And that then has an effect for CD Lamb, which also has an effect for Michael Gallup, which also has an effect for the running backs in the passing game, which is something that's spurred on quite a lot recently as well, as well as the tight ends. And it, it, it's all stemming from, from one point and, and moving from that. And CD Lamb is aware of that. And that's why you're starting to see these things happen. Yep. Is my opinion. But let's get to the offensive line. Um, so we will continue to praise the right-hand side of that line because that line is uh, really doing its job. <laughs> like, we can't complain about the right-hand side of the line. Um, we'll talk about the left in a moment, but I want to talk about the forgotten man, Tyler Bialish. Nobody talks about him. I do. And, uh, I mean, this weekend right, you saw... <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this weekend you saw... Uh, Tyler Smith and Tyler Biadish both down the field, mm. taking out the, taking out the second level, taking out the third level, you know, and everybody was ready to write off Tyler Biadish at the end of last year and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What you've got to remember that you know, all pro Mark Stetnowski took about three years to really develop Very into true. the role. Um, you know, he was drafted what eighty nine, and it wasn't yeah. until the ninety one season that. You know, he really became the true starter. Um, I think that's because he grew. He 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 grew in inches a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, you always say that Tyler Biadish is undersized, but you know, Mark Stepnowski was undersized at the best of times. <laughs> and you know, if if you watch the deep, if you watch the deep blue of, of the ninety one season that was done this year, you look at him now. He looks like. Um, Looks like a, somebody from Harry Potter at the moment, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the Minister of Magic, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, and that that's obviously because he's spent a lot of time in Canada, you know, with the wacky backy and all that. But... Yeah, yeah, and on the maple syrup. He's yep. on the mapes. He's on the mapes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, so the Bialish, I think just quietly getting it done. And, and like, I've always said this about center is that it, it's the, it's the really with center. And you don't play an offensive line yourself. When it comes to center, it's the, the, the little details. Like for the guys outside of them, they just they need to know which direction and what have you. But with the center, they've got to know the playbook without looking at a wrist. You know, the quarterback yeah. gets the playbook and the mini playbook. He's got to know that without looking at that. He's got to know his uh, what his adjustments are, where he's putting the guys, and he's got to be looking at the Mike linebacker and working off that. And he's got to know. All of this, and he's got to do it very, very quickly. He's got to communicate. And then past that, then, he's got to snap the ball and he's got to block. Yep. He's got to block himself. And I think he's doing it. He's he's not Travis Frederick. Don't get me wrong. Right? I'm not saying I know there's the similarities yeah. and all the rest of it, yeah. But I think because, like you say, last year people wanted to write him off. To me, last year was his rookie year. Because if you remember the year before that, it was kind of like buried because they decided. I, I think it was wrong what they did because it just stunted his growth. Um, but I think so. Like, like this year is like his sophomore year. So I think next year is really the year. I know that's fourth year, but really this is third year. And you always say give it three years, um, where we will truly find out what he is. And I think the way. You know, like that progression, the steps, the ladder going up. It is yep. it with him. It is going in stages, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you see the, from the videos in the off season where he's been working with Duke Manyweather, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know you watch that it, closely. Oh, I do. And <laughs> you see this. You see the strange drills that Duke puts him through, but it's obviously it's it's working. Mm. Um, you you know have it holding holding bars above your head that the weights are then suspended from bungee cords so mm. you you're not getting a you're not getting a an easy uh, yeah. lift that you would normally if the, if the bars were if the the weights were on the bar um mm. you know that it just shows that you know you you don't always get the perfect block or the blocking position and you've got to you've got to work your way out of that and what have you so he's developing that and each year it's it's almost like he's taking a different aspect improving on that and yeah. you know he will eventually become hopefully he will eventually become the the perfect center i think that as as people have said here you know we we, we were spoiled with uh frederick we were um yeah. you know and i it, took it for much, granted too <laughs> yeah and it's much like um Danny White taking over from Roger Staubach. When, yeah, when yeah, yeah. You're coming in and you're taking on the the, the spot of an old pro, um, and you know the guy's retired or whatever, and you're you're the heir the heir apparent and all that. You know, yeah. and if you don't, if you're not ready to assume the big time, then it, it, it you know the fans lose faith in you. Um, Fast, and you've good. got to. 
and fast, yeah. Especially mm. because it's only a, it's not like baseball where you've got 160 games a season. <laughs> yeah. you, you've literally got 17 games. Mm. And, you know, if you don't win 10 of those or you play bad in 10 of those, then, you know, you're out of this. I mean, look at, look at this. If the Cowboys win this weekend, we're guaranteed that we'll have a 10-win season and that's back-to-back 10-win seasons. The last time we had that was 95 and 96. Mm. So that just goes to show how long how long that's been, that we've been this consistent. Um, you know, so... And, and you know, like, it, talking about consistency too long is, like, when you talk about, you know, like, it's 17 weeks, break it down even further, that for an offensive lineman, it's, you know, what? 60 70 snaps because very rare i know we're going to talk about yep. the changes offensive line make they very rare do you get interchange uh, on the offensive line cowboys are at the moment but um rare that is so they're on for all of it and you think about it right they need to be perfect on every snap if they allow one sack so they do something wrong just once that's enough for everybody to turn around and go like, well, that's it. He's right. You know, Tyler Smith had it this year. Oh, he's let us sack. That's it. He's right. It's just one. It just needs yeah. to be one. And that's enough. Like, think about well, that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you would have people, some people would have you believe that Tyler Smith, you know, he's, he's given up a sack a game or something like that. He's only actually given up something like four sacks this season. <laughs> he's only given He's only had something like 31 pre- pressures, uh, you know, given up 31 pressures as well. Um, T- Terrence Steele as well, who, you know, obviously is, is great as a run blocker. Supposedly mm. pass blocking is his weakness, but he's only given up one sack. He's only given up something like 18 pressures through the first 40, 11 yeah. games or so. Um, you know, this is, it is, it is. Yeah. And, you know, these these are guys that are on their rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the case of Terrence Steele, he's on a free agent contract. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, sure. he's not on the he's not on the, the draft pick money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but obviously he's he's gonna be looking at a big pay deal in the next well, this this next off season because he becomes mm-hmm. a, a free agent then. So yeah, I think he's um, restricted though. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd imagine there'll be, you know, there'll be some consideration. They'll they want to put a tender on him that, where they get mm-hmm. at least a, a second rounder or something like that for him. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And like, let's talk about the left hand side of the line. Tyron Smith, he's due to come back. Um, activated his twenty one day window, so yep. he's going to be coming back soon. And Mike McCarthy spoke before. They activated about how often Tyron Smith has been in the facility, been in the gym, working with various people. Um, so we knew it was coming. Um, what was interesting is we seen last week Tyler Smith at left tackle, we seen him at left guard, we seen Jason Peters at left tackle, and we seen Colin McGovern at left guard. Like there is right now, I'm not sure which way to put it all. That obviously Tyron Smith is going to be coming in. He's going to be playing your left tackle because he just is. Yep, Until he yep. proves he cannot do it. He is your he he's your all pro, very possible Hall of Famer left tackle. He's not going anywhere. Until he proves he cannot play that position. You cannot move him from there. So he comes in and does that. 
So then the question remains, well, there's two actually. The first one is Conor McGovern or Tyler Smith at left guard. That's the first one. Because Conor McGovern, when you stop and you think about it and you look at what he's done in the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's vastly improved. Like, he's yeah. a totally different player. I don't know what you've seen. Tell me what you think. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if you if you look at um, McGovern last year in the six games that he took over from Connor Williams and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he didn't perform the way the coaching staff had expected him to because they they eventually said let's go let's go back and bring Connor Williams back in mm. um but this year i mean you, you're now literally wondering do you do you move tyler smith into left guard do you stick with mcgovern because mcgovern has solidified a place you know again maybe maybe he's earned himself a contract with us next year um, <laughs> that was the yeah. next question yeah but go for uh, it I mean, I, I can probably see that for the remain. it depends to see when Tyron comes back. But I could see us, when Tyron comes back, I could see us doing, you know, splitting the play so that you almost get a 50-50 so that you're limiting the number, not, not that they're, they're negative play or bad plays, but you're limiting the number of negative plays that these guys yeah, are yeah, having yeah, yeah. by limiting the exposure um but we haven't truly you know obviously we've been closing out games um we're not really well yeah we're closing out the games and you know we're then tinkering with a line when the game's out of out of reach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i it'll be interesting to see what it's like when we're still when we're still facing competition that's ready to Backs go against and, the wall yeah, yeah yeah i don't i don't see us tinkering with a line in the middle of a christmas eve game against the eagle <laughs> I, mean, I think we'll 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 be fairly consistent in who's playing during that game so yeah i mean i'm the, the line though in terms of pass rush doesn't really scare me um no. I know that's weird. They they have the one guy for me over there, and that's it. But um, uh, do you know what I think you're going to see a little of? You know, when Tyron Smith comes back and you've got Tyler Smith. Did I say that right? Yeah, I did. So many Tylers and Tyrons. (laughs) So when he, he, what they do there, and what I can see happening is, because you've seen it a little bit already, is... Uh, Tyler Smith comes in at left guard and they put Conor McGovern in as fullback. Yeah. And now think about that because Tyler Smith is already a very powerful run blocker. Now you put Conor McGovern in on that. And like, say, you know, we're talking like not outside the red zone, maybe on the fringe or just coming into the red zone, that distance there. You start doing that with Conor McGovern. Leading the pack, you know, leading the charge as a fullback yep. player. I mean, it, it that that is a scary way to look at things, and especially you know, depending on which way they they put their guys um, on the outside. I mean, you could throw in another tight end in there, and all of a sudden, this whole thing just gets expanded. So I think there's a little bit of that that line dancing going on there for sure. Um, which is a little bit frustrating because I'm all about consistency and continuity on the line. But 
so far it's working. So we'll see what happens. But Jason Peters, there's an interesting one. Has he earned a contract with Dallas next year if he decides to keep playing? It, again, it depends what sort of money he's looking for. I mean, we've got a fairly sweet deal with him at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's he's a Texas Texas native. He's he's quite happy being here. I'm Is thinking, Steve, gonna... you know, like locker room leadership. Um, yeah coaching in that sense that's what i'm thinking because notice how things have changed since he's come in yeah it's it's whether you know he's going to be what 41 42 by that point in time yeah yeah yeah. um you know he's getting long in the tooth and you know very much maybe that maybe this is his final year and he's wanting to go out on a high so um Mm. you know if if uh, depending on how far we go, assuming we get to the playoffs, which you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's looking not likely, to, but it's looking, it's looking likely. likely. Yeah, yeah, depending on how far we go in the playoffs, then you know, it might be him going out on a high, um, or he might might feel that there's business to prove. But yeah, I'd I'd be open to bringing him back next season mm-hmm. as well. I think so, it, purely for what he provides. In yep. terms of guidance, because it seems to be since he's come in, the offensive line players just seem to be finding a level of control. You know, yep. they just seem more more sharper. Things are more tired. And, you know, the Cowboys are first in sacks allowed. You know, the best. Yep. They, they have the, the least amount of sacks. So there you go. It says it all like. But... Let's move on to I mean, the defense. And I mean, Tyler, Tyler uh, just quickly, Tyler Smith yeah, yeah, has been on. very effusive in his praise for uh, Peters as well. That mm, yeah, Peters has yeah. taken him under his wing. They're constantly chatting together. You know, offensive linemen don't have to watch as much game film or whatever, but they are sitting down together. They're talking about tendencies of the guys that they're going up against giving little tidbits that, you know, Jason Peters has seen just about everybody in this league at least once or twice during his career. Um, obviously, there's rookies that have come in and he doesn't know these guys, but, you know, he's he's quick to pick up on the game film. And he's he's developing that. You Now, a lot of these guys, if, if you've got a guy that's coming in to potentially take your job, you're not going to, you're not going to help him out. But, you know, Jason Peters knows that his time is coming to an end, and mm. he's quite happy. He's quite happy to help this. And I, I, again, it's 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 showing that you know the camaraderie is there in this room as well. So um, it it it's certainly creating the buzz. Definitely, yeah, I agree with you there. Right, let's move on to the defense, and then we can start uh, wrapping things up. All right, then. Uh, defensive line. <laughs> Solid. Uh, it does not matter. And, but what, what I find quite interesting last week is um, how Dan Quinn will use multiple parts of this defensive roster to create plays and havoc in the backfield, the off- uh, you know, the opposing offense. And what we saw last week is Donovan Wilson. He comes in as a sack. Anthony Barr comes flying in. On target, yep. 
post fumble. And but what I like is that it doesn't matter where people put the focus. And that Dan Quinn seems to be able to see it, read, react, and change things up. And then all of a sudden, you've got safeties making plays. Um, and and Jaron Curse was doing some heavy lifting last week too, making um, some very important tackles, you know, to stop players yep. getting first down. I just think what I like is that the defensive line has these parts and different utilities that Dan Quinn can use. But that is such a threat to offenses that they focus on it so much that Dan Quinn just goes, okay, then, Donovan Wilson, off you go. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, obviously, going back to Dan Quinn's abilities, you know, Cowboys offensive line, the way they were playing, uh, sorry, defensive line, the way they were playing in the first half there, we weren't generating the pressure. Dan Quinn goes, right, okay, we need to bring players in and, you know, send blitzes from the safety, send blitzes from Anthony Barr, whatever. Mm. You know, yeah. and he, he, it was the ability to realise that this wasn't working, make the changes. And, I mean, it goes back, if you read, Charles Haley's autobiography, you know, Charles Haley once threw his helmet against the wall because Dave Campbell, when he was defensive coordinator, was saying, just do your job better. Not not making any ham adjustments, just saying, right, guys, go and I need you to do this, this and this a hell of a lot better. Mm. And, you know, they weren't making the changes and that was frustrating for the players. We're seeing that, you know, again, the changes are happening we're getting the, you know, so even if it's not happening in the first half, something's going to happen and the dam's going to break and then you're going to get the, the, the sacks. And at the moment, I think we've now got more sacks than any year on the Cowboys history with 43. Now, obviously, if you go back to the 70s, they didn't really record sacks. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit up in the air of that one because obviously guys like Harvey Martin used to do 23 sacks a year. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it, the, as as Joe here says, we're on pace for 70 sacks this year. Which is insane. Um, which is just crazy. Mm. And, you know, we're a good six or seven sacks ahead of the next one, which I believe yep. is Philadelphia as well. So Yes, um, I believe so. I think you're correct, yeah. Yeah, and you know what I like is that it's not the the complete focus. Like the focus on, yeah, there's Micah Parsons. He takes a lot of focus, but it's not like the uh, every team is going or, or you know when you look at the sheet and the sack numbers, it's not all Micah Parsons. That's what I like. That it's Micah Parsons, but it's. Is Tank, is Torrance Armstrong, um, is Sam Williams, Osado Digizua got his last week as well. You know, like there's it seems to be no matter what, you know, Dante Fowler, but every week or, or week by week, there's different guys getting in there and forcing the sack, forcing pressures. So, like, what that creates is it's not like you're if you're the opposing team and you're the coach trying to scheme things, you're just like, just stop him. It's like, it doesn't matter, because, like, it's coming at you, and you don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah. 
that's what I enjoy. Um, but let's talk about the, the the subject you brought up at the start, Lorne, which was obviously Anthony Brown. And people complained a lot this week about Anthony Brown. And those people complaining are about to get even more complainy. And they're going to wish Anthony yeah. Brown was back. Um, I had a question this week, which we answered on the mailbag, about which way round you would do things. Because Deron Bland is playing, or played last week, phenomenal. Playing more like a veteran than a rookie. Ask the question about play. Would you play? Would you move Land out of the slot and put him on the outside? And I said no. Like you're you're seeing what Bland can do in the slot, and it works. You know the old if yep. it's not then don't fix it. Yeah. Problem that we're gonna have is we're gonna have Calvin Joseph on the outside. How does that make you feel? Nervous, to be honest, um, and and quite frankly, you know, the better, at, at least from a statistical point of view, the better um, cornerback to have on the outside would probably be Nishon Wright. Now, I don't mean statistical in in terms of you know the plays that he's made this year or hasn't made this year, but yeah. literally having a six foot corner, you know, who makes it hard to, you know. Quarterback, uh, cornerbacks on the outside, obviously, they've got to defend the sideline. Um, quarterbacks are always going to try and throw the ball, the tight ball down the sideline and, you know, let the receivers go for it. And having a big tall guy like Nishon Wright there um, should help uh, stop that. Mm. Um, but, you know, Kelvin Joseph, I haven't seen... Kelvin Joseph has developed into a very good special teamer. But Very you're not nice. seeing you're not seeing the play in the cornerback position, and you know if you were just if you were just basing his career so far on what you've seen as a cornerback, he's he's not making the he's not making the grade. Yeah, I mean, like when people ask, like, what is the trouble with Joseph? My, it's the same thing. I'm going to say time to it's experience. He literally. Yep. He, he started at LSU, played ha literally hardly any. And then his last year in Kentucky, played like a handful of games, got like a bunch of tackles, one pass deflection all season. So that's what he finished his college career on. Uh, and you're just like, that's what he's lacking. He just lacks the experience. And like, what you could do is when you're in college and you see certain things happening, you could take that into the pros with you and you could say, all oh, right, I've seen this before and I know what that looked like. So I could fall back on that. Well, Joseph has none of that to fall back to. So he has no clue on like how these, how to react to certain situations. And like we've said it before, if you haven't done it in college, it's certainly going to be tougher to do in the NFL. Yeah. And it, it, the, the the other thing you've got to think about, and obviously the reason why we're, you know, people have been uh, maligning Anthony Brown is that Trayvon Diggs is, has become a shutdown corner this year. Mm -hmm. People are yeah. not throwing yeah. at Trayvon Diggs. Mm -hmm. Now he will get, he will give up the odd touchdown because he, you know, he's still looking for those interceptions and. He's an out of phase cornerback. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. one of the touch that one of the touchdowns that was given up there in the Colts game, you saw him bite on a on the move where he thought he was going for a, yeah. a, a receiver coming down the the outside or coming down the middle. He was going to try and break on that ball, 
And obviously, the quarterback uh, Matt Ryan changed his mind and threw straight to the the corner post pattern or corner pattern. Um, but you know, having digs on one side and taking that away, you're then gonna you're gonna force quarterbacks to actually go to the number two guy, and you know that means that you're gonna be getting thrown at a hell of a lot and yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna make plays occasionally but nine times out of ten you're the one that's having to react to what the receiver's doing and the receiver should know the play better than you mm-hmm. um and all you can do is try and keep keep as close as you react. can react and, Ant- yeah, yeah. and anthony anthony brown t- to give him his credit i mean the the catch by slayton in the giants game i mean that was a hell of a catch by slayton Brown wasn't out of position. The catch, the the first catch by Christian Watson in the Green Bay game, Brown slipped, and that he was only a cup again. He was only a matter of inches away from making the play on that ball as well. And it's little little things like that that you know, it's bad luck, but yeah, yeah. it has an effect. You know, yeah. it has an effect. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other you know, other one on the defense before we get game predictions, I wanted to talk about is more the linebackers than a guy is Lake Vanderash and Debun Clark. And I think so. We'll talk first LVE, who I think isn't playing bad. I think what he's doing is very effective. And so far, so far, we're in like whatever happens when we get further down the line into this season and into the postseason. I think he's earned another contract next year. I do. I do too. I think you saw it probably tail end of last season. You know, the beginning of last season, we were all going, oh, no, he's not not a great fit for this defense and what have you. And then by the end of the season, he was turning it up and ending up. That playoff loss to San Francisco, he he was, the best he was yeah he was he was the high point of the the defense to be honest. <laughs> and this the, this year he has built on it. Yeah, there's been some games where he's been out of play position or whatever, but that you know again you, you maybe are out of position on two or three plays, but they're the ones that you know obviously People gives up. up a five or ten yard yeah. run. And those are the ones that then come up on the telestrator and, you know, the, the fans pick up on what those are. Unless you actually go and watch the game film each week, the, the coaches film and watch the both angles and what have you, you don't yeah, yeah, yeah. then see actually he wasn't that far out of position or, you know, it, it was just something happened that, you know, he got scrubbed out of the play or whatever. But this year he has developed and, I mean, you know, and again, it's it's whether getting rid of somebody like Jalen Smith, who maybe was a bad influence on them, and but it, it was enough of a enough of a yeah. kick up the back, enough of a kick up the backside, saying, "Well, this guy had a huge contract, um, you know, and they're willing to part with him. Maybe I should knuckle down a bit, you know." Yeah. And you saw that, so mm. um, yeah, because I mean, he played himself out of his fifth year. Um, yep. extension basically but um, I think he's played himself back in um, yes. you know he, he's when he's coming downhill and he finds a gap he will find that ball carry and what I find incredible 
is that he's on uh i've got it written here actually that he's on 76 tackles for the year and he's only missed two he literally never misses a tackle yeah that's like an insane ratio like normally like you know guys are on like eight or nine missed you know like 10 percent. do you know what i mean he's on like five percent missed tackle which is just like yeah. for a guy you know in the role that he's in uh that's out there to get the ball carrier and really he's there to stop the run and what's funny is that we we talk about how bad the cowboys run defense is but yet we played dalvin cook saquon barkley and jonathan taylor and held them all to less than 100 yards in that game and between the three of them they only scored one touchdown yeah yeah i, I think that's the thing and i mean Obviously, we were much maligned. We gave up two two hundred yard rushing games. The way it's turned, way it's turned around in the last three weeks, and you've gone up against big guys. You're yeah. going to need to do it this week as well because uh, Pierce is having a fantastic rookie season. Mm. He's on yeah, something he's like doing fine. Yeah, he'll he'll break a thousand yards this season, and he's doing it behind the yes, line that's that's the equivalent of the uh, Detroit Lions or the you know the Barry Sanders era. I mean, half mm. half the time Pierce is getting tackled in the backfield; the other times he's going for twelve yard runs. So <laughs> yeah, the fact, yeah. The, the fact that he's so close to a thousand at the moment shows that it you know had he got the Dallas O line, he might be on two thousand yards already. Oh, or yeah. Um, He's uh, he's almost yeah. like you know like that Lagarrett blank type runner that's just like that that bowling ball that just yep. uh, from snap number one to snap number seventy in the fourth quarter at the end of the game that the tempo the pace the stamina it just never falters it never changes yep. with Pierce yep. that's what I've seen he was the same in college yeah yeah that's what he was Go known for. A complete beast coming out of the backfield, and you you you, yeah. you certainly wouldn't want to meet up with him one on one. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but it'll be interesting to see um, how they play him and how the Cowboys are going to react to that because he's definitely there's no arm tackles going on with this guy. Um, and then the only other guy which you know ties in with that is Demon Clark, and I think he's playing especially against the run really really well. But what I like is that how that him and Anthony Barr are being interchangeable, and they change what yeah. they're doing on defense through Anthony Barr and Demon Clark. Which way round that they decide to do it dictates how the rest of the defense is going. And I just I think that's especially you know with Anthony Barr coming off injury as well, as well as Demon Clark, you know, because you've got the the whole thing with the spine and everything. Yeah. Um, who wasn't supposed to play this year based on that. Um, I think that's good because that, that keeps them both um, not overworked. Yeah. I mean, as you say, we weren't expecting anything, you know, obviously Jerry had said, oh yeah, we, we, we reckon Clark's going to play this year. A lot of people looked to that and said yeah right you know the, the guy's yeah. had neck surgery yeah yeah it's a six, six month but he's had he's played 179 snaps or there or thereabouts <laughs> already you know in four or five weeks worth of action mm. um and you he okay he's not he's not blowing everybody away but you know he's been 
positive in the in the output that he's generating as well. So um, mm. you, to to get that from somebody who's a rookie, in started the season injured and you know almost had to hit the ground running because Bar Bar had gone out injured and you know you know he, he's he's treading water as you say he's not he's not sinking at all so no no yeah and like he's not like he's not one of those linebackers right now and i know it's rookie year rehab all the rest of it so it's tough on him but he's not one of those linebackers and i think i've already said this so never mind but he's not one of those guys that you're just like wow we this this is like one of the best guys in the league. He, he's a very good, able, capable linebacker. He's just going to be one of those guys where you're just like, "Can we get you to do your job?" And he's going to go, "Yep." And you're going to go, "Yeah, yes." He's that type of guy. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Just that you you ask him to do it, and he'll just go and do it. I I think I think if he, everything had been right for him at the combine and what have you, if he'd been starting from day one. By now he would be probably coming into his own, and he would he would probably be developing into a star. Something I think. Say, yeah, yeah. I think next next season, I think the sky's the limit for him. If he if he continues to build, I think the sky's the limit for him. He's still learning his way in the league. He, yeah, he's played 179 snaps over the four or five games, but you know, he's developing. Mm. Give it, yeah. you know, let him have an, let him have the remainder of this year, and I think you'll see him coming out next year, and we'll be going look at this, uh, uh, you know, and he's obviously we're not seeing Jabril Cox. Yeah, why aren't yeah. we seeing Jabril Cox? Is it because the the quality of the linebackers that we're getting, or the play Basically, that we're getting is from what Barr it is. and yeah. what have you, are keeping him on the bench? So yeah. That's really what it is. Somebody yeah. asked me that question. I was just like, buried on a depth chart. Plain and simple that Anthony Bard, Mung Clark, LVE are all better than him. Um, you know, Jabril Cox is that that new wave type line off-ball linebacker. Uh, you're getting, you, you've got that better than already. He's just slightly, he, there are things Coxes can do better than what you've got, but that's very niche, what you can do, you know. Um, but let's do this then. <laughs> let's do this. Final score predictions. Oh, dear Lord. This is going to get ugly. Um, so everyone at home, let us know what your score predictions are going to be. I will give you mine. I'm going to say... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say... Yeah, 42-13. I was actually going to... I'm not far off you on that. Was I was going to say 45-13, so... Oh, okay. Um, You're going yep. for an extra Maha moment then. All right. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give it to him. Maha's playing well, too. We always forget to talk about Brett Maha. Doing fantastically well. Um, I, I have said this, and I will stick by my guns, that I will not remove any posts off our social media. So my post on Brett Maha remains. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry, mean, Brett. Joe, Joe's, Joe's equally <laughs> buoyant as well. 
Yeah, I know we had a load of score predictions come through early in the show, so uh, we did see them all fly in. Um, but let's get on then. Let's do the final segment, which we should fly through because it's only you, mate. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, very important because you will see in a moment why. So let's get into the fantasy lounge. All right, then. So scores time. The moment we've all eagerly been waiting for. Who at the moment of all the people in uh, so like you know because we've got two different parts we've got the guests but we've got the team yep first right now it is jamie jamie had an absolute blinder <laughs> <laughs> i was doing it i was like oh my god what's going on yeah so he absolutely stomped it um what, what's, what's, inter what's interesting is that Paul and I are very close to, by each other because Paul and I are on week in, week out. Yeah. J J Jamie and Rich have been spotty this season so far, mm. you know, on, on Thursday uh, shows yeah. anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. We so, have yet to get a scoring for Graham, mind. I've just noticed that. Does yeah. that mean he's not been on a pregame show? He's not. He's not. I think he's, he's trying to avoid me. <laughs> maybe he thinks i gave him his bug that he's got at the moment but yes jamie right now who was in fact last uh in last place has now stormed ahead he's now first uh getting nearly 50 percent of his predictions right wow how insane how insane all right then so um we will start on the cowboy side dak prescott 19.3 fantasy points. So we go in boy, oh boy, oh boy, over under. Hit me with it. Oh, boy, just oh so boy. you know as well. Just so you're going higher. Yep. Okay. Um, just so you know as well that you went push on two of your scores last week. Both of them were bang on. <laughs> yeah. They were out by like 0. 0.2. Wow! <laughs> yeah, by like a fifth of a point, and I was like, "Okay, he's on, he's on the ball." Yeah, literally. And, and my bet, my bets all came in last week as well. So it's been a good weekend. So. My my college ones did, apart from uh, the TCU game. Yeah, yeah. and that, okay. that 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 just that was a crazy game. That was stupid. Honest. It was stupid. Yeah, stupid. Wasted my time watching that. But there we go. That's it. But so, Joe's saying way over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's funny is they're putting 19.3 fantasy. But I'm assuming they're thinking because of the Houston um, defensive backs, although Stingley's out by the looks of it. But I think they're thinking he's going to throw like an interception and that's going to lower his score. Yeah. I, I think I think the other thing as well is obviously <clears throat> having this running, running game and yeah. You, you know, obviously 220 yards and Dak only threw for 170 last week. So Exactly. Yeah. Um that's that's gonna limit his score score points as well. But definitely. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's know, an insult to him, really. Uh huh. The the way this our receivers are actually getting yards after the catch this year as well. I mean, that's just that's helping Dak as well with mm -hmm. the you know with the yardage as well. So it's not yeah. just literally throwing five yard outs or 
you know, 15 yard outs where we're getting yards after the catch, which, you know, um, is is helping with that as well. And it's those passes on third down. So you think yeah. like they're doing that, that, so he's only getting those small yardage and then it's back to the run game and it's build up, build up, build up. So <laughs> I noticed his internet was working fine to send that comment though. Yeah, so though he, he's just he's just not wanting to to do the fantasy picks this week. Yeah, that he's realised he's now third and he's gone in the half. Um, all right then, Ezekiel Elliott, twelve point three fantasy points. Bear in mind the Houston Texans rank last in rushing yards allowed. The average, I think, if I remember off the top of my head, it's like 180 yards a game. It's like 20 yeah. yards more than who's 31st. And it's 4.9 yards they're giving up on average as well. So, yeah. um, Right, so I'm going to go higher on that one as well, actually, I think. Remember, you're on your own, yeah? So this now is just building up your points. <laughs> To try and get ahead of Jamie, like you only got six, yep. so you, but you don't want to be getting some wrong because if you get wrong, you go below Paul. So Paul's in higher on. Hold on I'm assuming that's on Dak, maybe. I don't know. We're gonna go um, with both. Yep, and Joe's <laughs> going over as Joe's go, Joe's joining me. He's going over as well. All right, I'm going to be taking Paul's scores as long as he can get them in. Paul, it, with the comments, just put like who the player is, right? And we'll keep this going. CD Lamb, 17.6 fantasy points. Bear in mind, he's scoring like 22 points a game the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a baiting now. He's, he's, he's got the smell of blood. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, higher as well. Higher. All right, then. Um, we'll wait for everyone else's one to come on that one. But we'll talk about Dalton Schultz. 10.2 fantasy points, which he hasn't been hitting, but mostly because they're spread in the wealth. Like, yeah. he was still, last week, he was still second in receiving yards, but it was like 30 yards. But that was because, like, Gallup's on 25, you know, uh, Pollard's on 25. It's a lot of that, you know, like, it, it's C.D. Lamb on 70 yards <laughs> and a touchdown, and then all the others on, like, 20, 30 yards, but a lot of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's he's only I think the the Thanksgiving Day game is about the only one where he's had multiple touchdowns, and you know that obviously took him over his points. Mm. I'll go. I'll actually go push on that this week. Mm, all right, I like it. The push master. Uh, and then the Cowboys defense, <laughs> seven point five fantasy points. I wonder where this is going. Oh, that's going higher. That's yeah. going well higher. Especially when they scored like 20 points last week. Yeah. <laughs> Scoring more than most quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Um, on the other side then, so the, uh, the Texans have decided, I think it was on Wednesday, that uh, Davis Mills is coming back to play quarterback. Doesn't seem to really matter, but uh, they've given up on the Kyle Allen experience uh, and decided Mills is back. 13.6 fantasy points. Bear in mind, he's on 11 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that he's going to go lower this week. I think 
you know, he's going to get sacked a number of times. Is the trouble. I think. And when he does get the ball out, I think there's going to be miscues. There's going to be mm-hmm. miscommunication. Um, and you're just going to you're going to see the ball getting turned over. So yeah, lower. Yeah, and I can see some some pressures coming in um, that are going to make him fling that ball out, and you're going to see a you know like Malik Hooker pick one off or um, Trayvon yep. Diggs. This is a perfect game for Trayvon Diggs. You know, Micah Parsons even. Do you know what I mean? He almost did it last week against Matt Ryan, I know. which would have been a cakewalk to the end zone if he had caught that ball. <laughs> And it's, um, the only, it's the only thing he's missing from his, his yeah. uh, resume. His well. line, yeah, is complete. So you've at least got like a one on every line. Yeah, yeah. Um, Damon Pierce then, 12.7 fantasy points. As good as he's been, just to let you know, he has failed to reach at least 50 rush yards the last three weeks. Yeah, he's, uh, he's certainly tailing off. And whether it's the rookie, rookie wall. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, um, I think because of the fact that he he's literally is—he's all they've got. <laughs> they've got they've got Cooks who can come on, but I mean he's not—he's not, he's not play, interested. He—he's kind of shut himself down since since mm. not getting the trade. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's going to be the focus for the Cowboys, and I think we'll keep him in check. So it's going to be lower as well. Lower, interesting. Lower on that one. Nico Collins. So, obviously, as we said, Cooks is unlikely to play, um, which means Collins becomes the number one. I quite like Collins. I think he's not a bad wide receiver. The issue is, is he's just, he's hitched to this offense. (laughs) Um, 10.2 fantasy points for Collins. Um. This one, I I got, it's just a complete stab in the dark. I think this one, I think that's probably going to be about right. I mean, yeah, we're, we're saying somebody's going to get a touchdown if if both you and I are going 13 points, somebody's going to get a touchdown. Um, you know, a touch, touchdown in about 40 or 50 yards, I, I can see that being his sort of score line. So, yeah, yeah, like a red I'll zone put, catch sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go push on that one as well. Push. He's push. He's the push master. Um, Jordan Atkins, six point three fantasy points, and I actually uh, watched a little bit when I was writing the article because I, I needed to look a little bit more at him. Uh, and everything, it's like as if what he needs is somebody to take a screwdriver to his game and just turn that screw just to tighten everything up. It's there. It just needs. Yeah. Squishing together. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing about the Houston Texans. They do have Development talent. players, yeah. They've got talent. They've got guys that are developing. But yeah. it's just, it's it's like everything's out of out of phase. And, you know, they're not, they're not getting everything working at, at the same time and in, in, in sync. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even so, I mean six point three. I'm going to go slightly higher on that one. I think, yeah. you know, obviously that's that's where the quarterback's going to be looking. Will be the middle of the field, looking for a safety safety blanket, much yeah. much the way Dak does with his tight ends. So, like especially with the pass rush coming, you think like 
he's going to want to get the ball out quickly. So put the tight end on some hitch routes, you know, try and yep. get him out there quick, get the ball out quick. His PPR. So, you know, you yep. think like two passes, he catches two, there's two points straight away. Yep. So now he's just going to make the first down a couple of times. So it's possible. And then the defense, 6.1 fantasy points. I mean, we were talking about this Houston Texas team being a developing team. Sorry. Being a developing team is definitely developing on the defense, you know, certainly a defensive back anyway. Uh, but 6.1 fantasy points, I mean, I think that's got to be an interception based on what they're looking at. But for me, yeah, L- lower for me on this one because yeah. if if both you and I have got 40, 40 burgers on tap, then um, yeah. you know uh, the lose they they getting almost negative points for having given up that sort of uh, point score, and then yeah. obviously if if you're racking up the yardage as well, that's just that's just adding it to it. So you might mm. you might see a negative a negative number there. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have done that a few times this week. Um, But yes, that is it for this week's show. Um, Next week, we have a guest on the pregame show. Had one this week on the the postgame show. Looked a lot of fun. I was out doing some Christmas duties, so I couldn't join you guys. Yeah, it was a very good show on Tuesday night. You know, obviously, we had uh, Lauren coming on, and it was interesting to get her take, and it was... Obviously, great interaction with everybody who tuned in for the show as well, and mm. thanks, thanks to all the guys for their comments. And obviously, keeping it civil as well. We we did have some concerns that it might turn a bit uh, <laughs> risky, but um, yeah, yeah. The, the the feedback from Lauren was great, and you know, hopefully, we should be able to get a few more and a yes. few current yes. a few current cheerleaders as well. So. Yeah, a couple um, of the current ones can be a bit tougher to do. Like it, that's why we we get it yep. tough trying to get current plays on because they've got to be careful with what they say. Yep. Otherwise, yep. we would have them on. Um, and then it was good. It was good. It was good having Chris and Paul tuning in as well and catching up with them. And I just caught yeah. the end of that as I got in. So yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, we'll wrap this up. Hit me with it, then, Mister Lawn. Right. So. Uh, as you know, Paul's out there at the moment. He's booked up the Cowboys experience. He's he got to meet up with Sam Williams and tell them tell him that he actually made a mistake and he's eating humble pie. So, you know, book with Cowboys experience for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, and much much more. Get to meet guys this week. I think uh, Jay Novacek's around. Yes. Drew Pearson's around. Yes. Um, you've got Darren Woodson. Uh, Micah Parsons, Ed Tuttle Jones, Zach Martin, um, you know, yeah. and if you use the code UK Cowboys, tell them that we sent you, they'll treat you like absolute royalty and they'll give you free stuff and chicken. Yeah, yeah, and also check out all these guys. These are all the other fellow content creators that have been on the show, support the show, talk to us. Um, all the various people there. So make sure you go give them a follow. You probably follow most of them. Uh, and also check out our 2023 travel package uh, through Cowboys Experience that we have put together. More information on that as we get a little closer to next season. But we're not going to talk about next season yet. This 
still so much more to talk about with this year. Yeah, you've definitely got to take it one game at a time and enjoy enjoy the ride at the moment. You know, as, as I said, this is the first year that we're going to have back-to-back 10, 10 win seasons. Um, and that, you know, last time we did that was at the tail end of the Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer years. So mm. finger, fingers crossed we're, we're coming full circle. That's it, yeah. Talking about incremental rises, this is yes. the ride. <laughs> but there we are mate i will let you have the final word um but yes guys stay safe have a great weekend enjoy game day we'll see you on the other side take it away Lon. yeah have a great weekend guys let's go cowboys early start for us remember to look out for paul in the stands when they go and um obviously check out paul on his on his uh, facebook and instagram and twitter and you can catch up with the antics that are going on there Have a good weekend, guys.